If you're new with us today, we, we welcome you. Thanks for coming to Steel City Church, and we'd love to get to meet you afterwards and uh, shoot the breeze, talk about your, your life, and uh, share our stories together. We love to uh, share life together, don't we? Because we need to. We are the body of Christ, and we do everything together. Uh, one who weeps, we weep. One who has joy, we share joy with them. And we do this thing called church together. You know why? Because we are the church, right? So we gather here and then we scatter out as the church of Jesus Christ into the streets and into the, the highways and byways. And we reveal to people the wisdom and nature and character of God by the way we live. Amen. Powerful, powerful message. A transformed heart from sin, shame and degradation into the freedom, the glory and the passion of living a blameless, holy life that's found in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, kind of a weird thing on Mother's Day with the question of our series. Will God allow our disobedience and idolatry to go unpunished, mothers? (laughs) Well, will he? No. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, this is a beautiful time to talk about my mother. My mother... uh, was a godly, godly, godly woman. She was strict. At at her funeral, I gave the message, and my theme was, she was gentle as a dove, but yet tough as nails. (laughs) Amen? And I didn't feel feathers too much. I felt mostly nails because of her her strictness and her her love to discipline me and her love to uh, allow not just discipline, not just training, but also just the, the righteousness of God to, to kind of direct my heart into the, into the love of God and the grace of God. She would drag me down to the altar as a young kid and make me pray at the altar and all the other kids were running around and she said, pray, tell God you love him, tell God you thank him, tell God that you praise him. <laughs> okay, mom, I praise him, I thank him, and I, and I love him. One time, um, I was young. And you know how when you were a kid and you have to blow your nose, you got to get that stuff out of your nose and quick, right? So I had the Bible laying in front of me with a lot of paper. And I, I knew that, I knew about the minor prophets that they were minor. So what I did was I tore a page out of the minor prophets and blew my nose on it. And... Uh, I'll never forget the look on my mother's face until this day. <laughs> as I, I was like, oh, yeah. And then, oh, no. Uh, she lifted me out of the, uh, the pew by my collar. I was airborne. And I don't think she put me down until we got into the lobby and uh, the beating that I, was commenced on me at that point was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Oh, so after that, I had a newfound, fresh respect for the Word of God in a mighty, mighty way. But she was that, that kind of a mom. Um, showed me how to love God, how to experience God. She showed me that, as we're going to look at John chapter 3, she showed me 
that I was condemned to die because of sin. See, we're born, we're born as natural-born sinners. We can't get away from it. There's not one human being that has ever lived except Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that lived a sinless life. We are already condemned. It's not, a, it's not a thing where we get to heaven and we say, okay, God, let's negotiate here. Now, I was really good. I did this. I did that. I did this. And look at these other pond scum over here. They lived a terrible, terrible life. Let me into the pearly gates. No, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You, if you're not in Christ, put your faith in Christ as Lord, you are condemned to die and live separated from God forever. Let's turn over to John chapter 3 and look at this wonderful passage of Scripture. Story of an old dude uh, named Nicodemus that came to Jesus at night. John chapter 3, and it starts a little bit like this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, really? I mean, come on. I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Verse 36 ends this chapter by by saying this. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Dear God, we're so grateful for a dose of reality today because we live in a world that lives under facades and charades and fantasy. And God, we need a dose of reality of what the kingdom of God is all about. We see the kingdoms of this earth. We see the kingdoms of men. We see the kingdoms of institutions and organizations that pale 
before us when it comes to the kingdom of God and the wisdom and insight that you desire to give to us. Speak to us today. We need you to speak. Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak to every heart as we prepare our heart to hear from you. We know that you can change us and transform us from the inside out. And we pray, O oh God, that we would put our religiosity aside, that we might for once see the very kingdom of God today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The meeting between Jesus and Nicodemus was a meeting and an encounter between two different worlds, amen? It was a collision between two philosophies, between two kingdoms, two opposing views on salvation. Nicodemus thought that he did the work. Nicodemus thought that through his following the law and the rules and the regulations and the stipulations and the customs and the traditions, that somehow he would find himself in the presence of God, in favor of God, blessed by God. Jesus understood that there is no other work except the person and work of Jesus Christ for our salvation. Acts tells us that there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Whether you're here now or whether you see Christ face to face, you will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says that you must believe now. After death, there is not a second chance. This is basic 101 Bible. But we live in a culture that says God is love and God won't send you to hell. God won't do that because he loves. He has grace. God is a God of justice and of equity and of righteousness and of holiness. But yet he's a God of love. If you want to see the justice and the mercy, the love and the wrath of God combined, you look to the cross of Jesus Christ. The death and torture and brutal humiliation of Jesus Christ on the cross bore your sin so that you would not suffer the wrath of God. He took your place. He died your death. The Bible says that the chastisement of our peace with God was upon him. He bore our sins. He bore our transgressions. Now the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us because of what he has done. By faith in Christ and Christ alone, we are born again into the very kingdom of God. See, Nicodemus was a face-based, believed in face-based religiosity. Face-based religiosity is that we live a life trying to save face. We live a life trying to look good, right? We live a life trying to, trying to just live all we can to make other people think that we're all that and we're all good and everything's going good. Jesus comes and talks about a grace-based spirituality that we can have. Where we can be honest with ourselves and say, you know what? I'm a screwball and I don't measure up. When I lay my head down on the pillow, I know the sinner that I am. I know the intentions and the obsessions of my heart. I can't manage that because I'm born into sin. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. The rest of knowing that your sins are forgiven, that God pardons you, and that God accepts you, and that God loves you, and that God even knows you and still loves you, which is awesome. He loves you today. He loves you today. 
He wants you to get away from this face-based religiosity where we try to look good, but we know deep down in our heart we can't manage ourselves. We can't manage our decisions. We can't manage our intentions and our obsessions. We need a new heart and a new mind, and God is willing to give that to you that was promised hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I will give you a new heart and a new mind that will love me. You will be called my people, and I will be your God. The very delight and desire of God will be on our hearts. We will enter into this awesome, awesome revelation of seeing the kingdom of God. Seeing the kingdom of God. You can't see the kingdom of God unless you know that your sins have been forgiven and you are born again from heaven. Born into the kingdom of God. Ah, refreshing news, right? We don't like to hear bad news. Bad news, this is going to be profound, is bad. (laughs) But unless you as an individual realize that you are condemned already, you've been accused, you've been sentenced, you've been condemned to die, and at the last judgment, that death will take place, that second death, where you'll be separated from God, not based on his decision, but based on yours. Whoever believes in the Son of God has life. Whoever does not is condemned already. you got to figure out which kingdom you're in. The kingdom of the condemned or the kingdom of the living, set free, heaven-bound, blood-bought, spirit-filled kingdom of God. Grace-based spirituality says it doesn't come from church attendance or good deeds, correct doctrine, but from heaven itself. It's funny in, in the story, guys, when you see, when you see um, Nicodemus coming to Jesus, he comes to Jesus and he says, truly, truly, you, have, you are the son of God. And, you're, and, and immediately Jesus says, listen, let's get down to brass tacks. You got to be born again. That's something. I love Jesus because he gets down to the brass tacks of the situation, right to the heart issue. Nicodemus wanted to talk about religious things and all this stuff, and Jesus just nails him with this revelation that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Can you imagine a a grown man, Pharisee, learned uh, teacher of the law, asking Jesus, now how does that work? Do we go back into the womb of the mother and we come back out? Jesus was like, come on, man, really? You're a teacher of the law. You don't understand these things. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Salvation is God's business. Grace is his idea. Grace is his gift. Salvation is his gift. It's a matter of receiving it by faith, trusting in him. Repentance is turning away from the things that we we sought after the intentions and obsessions of our heart, realizing that they will no longer satisfy us. They will not bring us fulfillment. Turning to God and realizing that unless we turn to God, we will be condemned forever. We will be lost forever. Man, this message does not sell. If I put this out on, on video or tape, I don't think anybody would buy it. But it's reality and it's true. You want to understand the impact of your salvation? In Christ, understand how lost you were. As believers in Christ, we must love God and have a literal hatred for sin. 
because sin put Jesus on that cross and was brutally tortured and murdered for your sin. Yet we have the gall to fall back into sin and mock Christ's death on the cross. What will be shaken will be shaken. And judgment begins at the house of God. Whoa, that's heavy. Here's the thing. Christ took all of our judgment. Christ took all of our wrath. Christ took our penalty. Christ took everything that we were and exchanged it for his love and his grace today. As we desire to live for him in power and in wonder today. Why would God do this, Nicodemus thought. Jesus said, because God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. Nicodemus never heard these words. He never had a discussion about salvation. This is the first in which no rules were given, no systems offered, no rules to keep, no regulations to follow. Everyone who believes can have eternal life in him, Jesus told him. Changing our clothes doesn't really change our heart, amen? Amen? You know, in my old church, I, every service, we'd have to wear a suit. I just hated it, man. It just wasn't in me. Amen? But I have, if, I, if I have to wear a suit, I'm going to wear a suit. But I knew dressing up on Sunday... Didn't make me any more of a Christian than walking into McDonald's makes me a quarter pounder. Amen? Amen? I knew that deep down in my heart. I I cried for God to change my heart on the inside so that on the outside I would live for Christ, the one who died for me, the one who suffered for me, the one that was brutally tortured for me. Why do we live for the glory of God? Because of the love of God shed abroad in our hearts because of what Christ has done. Let's get a revelation today of the work and person of Jesus Christ. It's all about him. Amen. It's all about his grace. It's all about his wonder. It's all about his amazing, amazing, amazing work that he's done in our hearts. Nicodemus was a good man. He was a Pharisee, a religious ruler, a member of the Sanhedrin, one of the big decision makers in Jerusalem. No doubt he'd been taught that if you change the outside, you can change the inside. Jesus told him, I tell you the truth, unless one is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To get an idea, think back to your own birth. Remember when you were born? Way back? Seems like my mother spewed me out on the first pew of the church. We went to church so much. It was incredible. But if you see, if you see pictures of when you were created... When your mother gave you birth, it's an awesome, awesome thing. We look back at Amaris's pictures and Zach's pictures, those little rugrats and evil children, the wonders of God that they are. We look back at them and we, we just think, what an, what an awesome God. Somebody just said to me today that there is no doubt that Zach is my son because he looks exactly like me. And you know what? If I would give you pictures of Zach when he was younger, you would think it was me. It's really, really freaky. So I tell Zach, sorry, man, but when you grow up, you're probably going to look like this. <laughs> the grace of God will see you through, though. How can this happen? 
Nicodemus didn't ask why. He said, how can this happen? How was a person born again? Look at yourself when you came into the world, brand new, new hands, new eyes, new mouth, no pre-owned parts, all original material. Amen. When we look at Hannah and Elliot and Emily, the wonders of creation, who gave you these parts? God. God formed you in the womb. He knew you in the womb. You made nothing. God made everything. He was the one who brought you into this world. And he makes everything new. The creator creates again. If anyone belongs in Christ, there is a new creation. The old things have gone. Everything is brand spanking new. The greatest miracle of God is this wonder of being born again. It's astounding when God heals the body. It's a wonder and an amazing thing when you pray and God answers your prayer. It's an amazing thing when God engineers circumstances and situations to to bring prosperity or favor or blessing upon your heart and your life. The greatest, greatest miracle in this world, people, is that God would take a dead sinner and quicken him to the things of God. What a miracle. Ephesians chapter 2 said we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but yet he has quickened you by his grace, by his calling, by his power. Made you alive to the things of God. If I brought a corpse in here and dressed him in a tuxedo, he's dead. We try to dress ourselves up on the outside. It doesn't do anything. you got to be dressed up on the inside. Amen? A new heart and a new life. At our new birth, God remakes our souls. He regenerates our souls that were dead because of sin. New eyes. We could see by faith a new mind that's transformed by the thoughts of God. Amen? We no longer look at temporary things in the flesh. We see things through the kingdom of God, through the power of God, the way God sees them. There are many that are sick in our bodies, sick in bodies today. Let's get a new revelation of how God sees us. Amen? Desires to heal us, mind, body, soul, and spirit. A new heart and a new mind. New eyes of faith today, a new voice for praise and new hands for service, a new heart that's been cleansed by Christ. How we need it. Amen. We have soiled ourselves time and time again. By falling back into idolatry, falling back into the ways of the world. God does not condemn you. We we read that. Isn't it true? You're condemned already. But Jesus didn't come to heap on you. And saying, yeah, I told you, sucker, you're condemned. You filthy animal, you're condemned. No, God comes to bring the revelation that you're already condemned, but he's provided a way for you to be saved, for you to have life, for you to have this wonderful relationship of Jesus Christ. We soil ourselves when we get ourselves in sin. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just and he's righteous. To cleanse us, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all all unrighteousness. We are not right enough in ourselves to stand before God. God gives us a righteousness, imputes it, appropriates it to your life through identification and faith in Christ. And you become a new creation. Old things are past. Behold, all things are new. Born again into the kingdom of God. 
where you begin to see the kingdom of God is the most important thing in your life. Viewing your situation and circumstance through this wonderful idea of not condemnation, but conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know the difference? Condemnation, conviction. Condemnation comes in the form of accusations and slander and gossip, telling you that you're a loser, that you'll never measure up, that God doesn't love you. Look at what you do. Conviction comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes and he says, I see you. And I've got a remedy. I've got a cure. I've got a plan of action. That you can be set free from that. And I will give you the very peace of God. I will give you my very life if you confess me as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. The first birth was earthly. Take a look around, people. We are decaying even as we speak, our bodies. Amen? It's funny, isn't it? How you, how you change your looks over time. And I was just sitting with the guys at the barbecue, and I was saying, you know, sooner or later we'll have that old man face, you know? The face that's kind of like, you know? And we were just kind of talking about it and stuff. Friends, there comes a day at the consummation of the age when we will see Christ for who he is, and we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. A glorified body in a glorified place called the new heavens and the new earth. This perishable will take on imperishable. This mortal will take on immortality. And we will live forever under the righteousness and the judgment and the equity of our God. All things will be made right. Amen? Amen. Our defender is God. And his righteousness and justice today stands true. Will God judge your idolatry and your disobedience? Jesus Christ came to take that judgment and to take that wrath. You must believe in him and accept him today. Repent. Turn from your old ways and then turn to God and begin walking with God into the very kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven for your life. You wake up every day with a new adventure, realizing that God actually has a purpose, yes, For your life. Isn't that something? You know, I had a stuttering problem when I was a kid. Okay? Teacher would call on me and I'd be like, and God God said, bro, what's going on with you, man? And I said to God, I don't know. And God said to me, your mind is on yourself. You're thinking about how people view you. You're not thinking about my, my creation. And how I have a purpose for your life. How I have empowered you to reach the lost and touch the broken for me. God can use anybody. He used a jackass. And he can use this one. Amen? Praise the mighty name of God. Because of his power. Because of his life. You have to choose today which kingdom you will be in. The kingdom of the condemned or the kingdom of God. It's your choice. Let's pray. God, we love you today. For me and my household, God, we are going to choose you. And make the choice today. Because we don't know 
when you're coming back. We don't know when time will end. We don't know what's going to happen. But we make our choice today to live in the kingdom of God, to be born again, to live our lives for the purpose and the glory of God, to turn away from those things that bring disrepute to the character and nature of God and the glory of God, and we live for you in your righteousness and in your power today. We thank you, Lord, for taking our punishment so that we might have peace, peace with God today. We relish in this wonderful life that you've given us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise the wonder and name of our God. Amen.